Welcome to All My Life, SPO's podcast, Deep Dives into Lifelong Discipleship. We're on the couch, hanging out again, back from trips to New Jersey, and really excited to be here. Emma, Mm -hmm. what is going on? How are you? Yeah, I feel like we haven't all been in the office together in a really long time because there's been so much traveling happening. Very long time. Mm -hmm. We were in New Jersey, and you Mm -hmm. were the producer queen of one of our... (laughs) Big fundraising events. Late you Night did, Live. Shout out to all the people who were there. You did an amazing <laughs> job. Thank you. Stood Thank in you. for our producer, King, mm-hmm. Connor Flanagan, who's yeah. normally there. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you are joined on the couch with Lenore Strant. Welcome Lenore. to the couch, Lenore. <laughs> so great you. to be here. Behold, I'm here. Behold. Yes. You know, I think that's the first time I have said your last name, your married name, mm-hmm. out loud. Did I say it correctly? Strant. I yes. think that's what I, think I you said. said that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I still to this day really miss my last name, like my maiden name, yeah. Pop. You just, dude, it's, Lenore an, Pop. it's an awesome <laughs> last name. I it's tried like, to It was in. one of those names where like you have to say the whole thing. What you know, there's mean? like some people, it's like, it's like, oh, Lenore. It's like, no, like Lenore Pop. Oh, you know. Thanks. <laughs> We tried to convince my husband, or I tried to, and others tried to convince him to take my last name because Peter Pop <laughs> has such a ring to it. And then Actually, Peter Pop, though. the paramedic. <laughs> Peter Pop, so, the paramedic. Little child's book coming out. He, he wouldn't. It sounds like a YouTube it. channel. Mm-hmm. I know. So much potential yeah. down the drain. <laughs> Took one for the team you did, Lenore. Yeah, I did. I did. Strant. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for that new name. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. marriage. Yeah. How long has it been now? It's been... Um, I don't know. It's August? Like eight months, probably. Yeah. Something like that. August to April. You guys can do the math. You kind of <laughs> stop counting, you know, keeping track after six months. Yeah. Or at least, a, you know, a, the you know the sparkle fades by yeah. that point in our marriage. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Is that true? Sorry, the sparkle has faded. People, will, people uh, would ask me, like, oh, how's marriage going? I was like, we're doing great. I think we're really ahead of the curve. We're already into resentment and bitterness. <laughs> it's awesome. It is a funny question, people. Yeah, people are like, how's marriage going? And you're like, uh, we just had a fight last night. And, you know, it's just like, what do I share? <laughs> yeah, no, marriage is great. I love it. It is nothing like I pictured it to be in all the good ways. And, yeah, I, it's, I highly recommend it. I don't know. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> if it's your vocation. <laughs> yes, yes. But no, it's been great. So we, there's been a lot of transition in a very short amount of time, which I did not want, but the Lord sanctioned it. So got married, got pregnant, just bought a house and moved in two days ago. We moved into the house two days ago. It was a lot. So... And it's not even been a year. So cool. Yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, if we could just stop transitioning <laughs> for a chunk of time, I'd be okay with that. So. I feel like I'm looking to Ryan because I have the most experience in marriage. But I feel like that's, is it, is there ever a point, the transition? I feel like it's just always. Oh, like where you finally settle in? Yeah. You're like, yeah, we're married. I almost forgot. <laughs> um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, we've had a pretty, our, our marriage and family life has just been one wild ride from day one. And our first few years were probably the most peaceful and sort of normal pre pre kids, both worked two jobs. I guess that was only a year and a half. And, and then we sort of became Catholic missionaries and, and then foster and adoptive mm-hmm. parents and the rest is history. And then, then there was a ton of acceleration, but we, we were, we didn't, we didn't in our first year of marriage get pregnant, you know, so that, uh, we, we spent, gosh, six, six, seven, almost seven years of, of married life without kids. So that was, that was unique, I guess. Yeah. And speaking of there's, there's kids galore on this couch. Yeah, so (laughs) yeah, they're yes. We each have one now. (laughs) Baking, Baking. brewing, yeah, percolating. Four people Mm -hmm. on the couch. Four on on a couch. We could play the game. It's true. (laughs) Wouldn't last very long. (laughs) We won. There, we did it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I. This is this is probably going to sound really weird, but I love being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I when I I feel very different from most women. Uh, Maybe it's not true, but. I am used to other women loving babies, especially other people's babies, and that's never been a thing for me. I've never been naturally drawn to hold someone else's baby, or if they're like, hey, do you want to see a picture of my baby? I'll be like, I'll see one. I don't need to see 30, but I'll see one. But with pregnant people, pregnant women, I would just see a pregnant woman walking down the street. I'm like, she's so beautiful. And so I just think there is so much there in that of... Um, there's so much confusion in the world right now and there's something about the undeniable beauty of a, of pregnancy of a child in the womb, especially with the touching thing, like strangers <laughs> wanting to touch does your belly. Ha- does that happen a lot? Um, well, it's starting to, Yeah. and I'm not afraid to grab the wrist and be Yellow. like, let's think about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but within that, I'm also thinking like what is happening in you right now in the person who like what what circumstances re- initiate that desire of like reaching out and touching you know that doesn't happen too often to an adult where you're like <laughs> you know like but you that's want- pretty profound if you think about it i mean what are they what they're communicating is there is something that's a move towards there's something precious here i know it we know it intuitively mm-hmm. and so much so that I want to reach out and, exp- and comfort. Uh, it's not even a, yeah. What is that? Is that a, I'm so happy. I want to comfort. I, I want to just, I don't know what, what is that move? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that is oddly enough, a sign of hope in today's culture of there is an instinctual piece of humanity that does recognize the beauty of unborn life to the point where it's, you know, like it's beautiful, but I don't understand it and I want to understand it and I feel safe enough to explore it. And, or even the protection thing, like people, tr- strangers treat me differently mm-hmm. because I, I can kind of like just plow through a crowd, no problem. <laughs> like make way for the pregnant lady, you know? <laughs> and it, it's just like so beautiful to see respect for life in that way 
Um, and also just it's the I, I feel safe in around strangers now because I'm like people will respect this baby, wow. so they will respect me. So maybe it's all in my head, and everybody's just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an enjoyable experience so far. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to have you here, and you have been now working in SPO's. You're director of recruiting mm-hmm. at SPO. You've been working for SPO for nine. Oh, that's so kind. No, I'm <laughs> ending my tenth year. Oh. It is. It. I have been here so much longer than I ever thought I would be. I told God He could have two years, and so far He's taken five times that. So. <laughs> <laughs> An abundant Lord. <laughs> yeah, but I'm. I'm glad. The God definitely knows me better than I do. There have been some points where I'm kind of like, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be doing this? Because I've worn a lot of different hats here too. Mm-hmm. And with with the transition into recruiting now, because I was a missionary just to begin with and, you know, many things in between. At this point with recruiting, I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I never would have pegged myself in this role. In school, I was I everybody like teases the HR people just like Toby in the office, you know, that stigma is real. And so I was like, no way, I'm never going to be in recruiting because that's HR. And I love people. I, I love organization. I love process. I love resources. So the Lord knows what he's doing. Well, in my spe- life. Speaking, mm-hmm. of, speaking of things you love, um, would you rather be married to Peter or have a pet? Velociraptor. Oh, oh my gosh, that is such a hard question. Oh no. Oh, he, oh no. We told her we were not going to warn her about this question ahead of time. So this is genuine. Lenore has a great, well, a great affection for dinosaurs, but particularly T Rex. But I thought it would just be even sweeter to have a little baby velociraptor around and it wouldn't maul you or kill you. Yeah. It's a friendly Um, one. Yeah. It just would be your buddy around. um, Can I assume that it would live as long as Peter? Sure. Like, you know, know a lifetime with Peter versus a year with a velociraptor is also different. Right. Ooh. I don't know. Wow. I feel so bad, but I'm kind of tempted to say I want the pet velociraptor. That just, well, that what does that tell me? That tells me that you love she dinosaurs. Loves dinosaurs. Like so there's just a deep, deep affection in your heart. <laughs> I want it. Like, will it grow? I want an adult one. Oh, sure. Because yeah. then I can ride it. <laughs> there we go, dude. It they're is. so fast. They are so well. So. Maybe maybe best of both worlds. Maybe there's time. Maybe Jurassic Park does happen, and you get called to Isla Nublar. Is that where it where it is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you guys read the book? No. Oh, okay. But good memory memory. then. Um, But you and Peter can move there, and you can have the best of both worlds, and you can ride Velociraptors. You and Chris Pratt, or whoever that guy is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. that was such like an emotional wreck for me when I saw Chris <laughs> Pat on a motorcycle with Velociraptors. Not gonna lie, <laughs> game changer. Game changer. Well, yeah. you kind of did. I mean, she kind of combined the two at your wedding, maybe. Yeah. So I had, 
I really wanted to um, have my bridesmaids dressed in velociraptor, yeah, T-Rex, those, you know, any kind of dinosaur costume. The blow up ones. For the grand entrance. And my sister was totally down to help me with it, but Peter was like, maybe not so peter does not love dinosaurs as much as i do so we found a different way to incorporate dinosaurs so we had um found little you know figurines or whatever they are and they were cake toppers and my mom she's so good she like made a little bouquet set and garter and bow tie so that they could be a bride and groom velociraptor that's so fun. So great. That's the best. <laughs> Where did that come from? Funny your love, your love for the T Rex. It came from being able to draw them. So I, when I was in school, everybody drew horses and puppies, and they were so good at it. And I could not draw a cute puppy for the life of me. But then I thought, okay, if I can draw something that is supposed to be ugly, then that means I'm good at drawing it. You know, like, it, I'm an ugly drawer, and so if it's supposed to be ugly, then I'm on point. So I was like, dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs are supposed to be scary and ugly. And then it turns out I'm good at it. And then it became kind of like my signature. Anytime there's a whiteboard, I just draw a little T-Rex in the corner, and it just grew from... And then the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World thing exploded, and mm. so just went from there. I love how difficult that was for you to answer. That is the best would you rather question I've ever had in my entire life. Good <laughs> nice, job. Nice. So. Oh, that's so cool. Well, on the, the track of Peter and marriage. Um, so, yeah, like we were talking about, like you just got married recently. I just got married recently. And so kind of fresh off the, the dating scene. Um, and I know that is just absolutely insane. And for anybody out there who's experiencing it, we get it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think even particularly more like in the Catholic dating scene it's just like yeah it's just like all over the place and kind of like figuring things out and yeah I guess like what was what was that like for you what was your experience of it even like yeah like like what was that like with the Lord like in that season too oh tumultuous that's probably like the best one word description but I I would hazard that I tried almost everything when it comes to mediums so online dating, um, what do you call it when they connect, when two people set you up? Like uh, blind dating, blind mm-hmm. um, you know, me trying to be a little more proactive or, you know, assertive, vice versa, like dating Catholic, dating non-Catholic, but Christian and also dating someone who has really never met the Lord at all. So I've definitely explored a lot of different avenues I didn't get married till I was 30, so I had about a decade (laughs) of experience in that area. Um, It was also very challenging because when I joined SPO, I took a dating fast um, for that first year. And so it was really challenging to really trust the Lord in the sense of, Lord, I put this on, put my dating, my prime dating years on the altar for you to be on mission. And then this is how you pay me back or this is how you reward me. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously that's not true and that's not the right attitude, but that was definitely something I battled with quite frequently. 
And then I think the number 30 turning 30 is like, I don't, it's just this, not, um, it's this taboo thing of like, okay, anything after 30 is your hope, you know, decreases, <laughs> you know, it's quite significantly for a lot of different reasons. And so it's just like, if I don't get married by the time I'm 30, then I should just like accept the fact that I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, which isn't true. But that was for sure a struggle I had up mm-hmm. until marriage. And it waxed and waned with having hope and not having hope. And um, I would say something that really helped me beyond the Lord himself is just other women who had faith that assuming I was called to marriage, you know, this is all assuming that's the vocation the Lord has for you. Just their faith of like, okay, Eleanor, you're really struggling, but I truly believe that this will be fulfilled because the Lord has a plan for you and the Lord desires good things for you. So, um, that their, their faith and their hope really carried me through in some of those tough times too. What was your predominant emotion or what were some of your predominant emotions during that, that season? During the hard seasons? Yeah. Um, of like, Lord, I desire this. I think you're calling me to this. It's not happening. I think it was, um, one feeling was like, am I wrong? Is there actually something wrong with me? This whole time I've been thinking that I'm ready. Am I actually not ready and I'm blind to it? Um, or another one would be standards. Are my standards too high? Am I being too inflexible? Um, do I need to let something go? Um, I was also comparing, all of this was comparison, by the way, 100%. Um, like so-and-so got married when she was 22, or so-and-so got, you know, found this amazing relationship with a guy who doesn't know the Lord, you know, that, that kind of thing of what is their standard versus mine versus good, you know, where does that all lay out? And so it was just so hard, a constant mind game. I mean, that might not be the right phrase, but just like a constant questioning. How did you answer some of those questions? Like, I what's would, going on with me? Where are my standards? How, how did you resolve some of those questions? Well, I would, um, when I, my new approach to fearing something is to address it head on as much as possible. So one of the things I did was I would go to women I knew that were still single and 30 or beyond, and I would get to know them. And then I would just ask them, I'm like, I, I would say, so-and-so, I'm, I'm scared to be single at this age and you are, and I just need you to be honest with me. What's it like? How are you doing? And then they would give me really honest answers, both, you know, this is challenging or that, you know, I'm, there was a woman and she was 40 years old when I met with her and she's, she said, I still have hope. And that was so refreshing to hear like, okay, if that, if she can have hope, I can too. And um, or it's not, and then you do the same thing with married women is 
find this marriage that you're putting on a pedestal, get to know it. You can't, you know, you, you got to build a relationship, but get to know them and say, okay, can you just tell me what, what's reality versus perception? And they're very, you, most married women are happy to be honest (laughs) one-on-one on on what marriage is like. How did that help you? How did that, those in a sense, kind of connections with women in those places in life help you through, through that experience? What, what benefit did that bring? Um, some of the women were so honest to the point where they would, they would say, if I could do something differently, and that would be around one of the standards that we're talking about of, you know, this is, this is a cross in my marriage, you know, not having this figured out or, you know, choosing this instead of that, this is now the cross. And so then it turns into, okay, turning this into a personal call of, you know, some things are black and white, some things are make or break, and some things are crosses that, you know, you can choose. That was another thing was figuring out just because it's a cross doesn't mean it has to be bestowed upon you. Like, you can actually choose a cross like Christ did. Um, and then at the end of the day, like, it's your unique life and your unique relationship with the Lord and what he's telling you. And you, you that's why it's so important to build a relationship with God very strongly before you get into situations where you have to make big decisions because you will come across a decision and all the voices around you, very wise ones too, saying different things. And at the end of the day, it's your life and your relationship with God. And if you don't know what his voice sounds like and how he speaks into your life, then it's just going to make it more difficult. So then like that, were your standards too high? No. (laughs) Yeah, no, they weren't. (laughs) I was still very open to certain things. Like my mom was raised Baptist and my dad was raised Catholic. So I, I learned from a young age that you do not have to be, you know, perfect, perfect uh, matches to each other and agree on everything in order for a healthy marriage. If anything, what makes it healthy is the, you know, compromising and things like that. Yeah. The differences and complementarity. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad I did not waver on my standards. Man, oh man. I, so I got married when I was 30 and I'm so happy. The Lord, the Lord knows what was going to make me happy. And the hard part was me swallowing the pill of, I thought I knew what would make me happy. Even at 29, like I'm 29, I know what I'm doing. And to still realize I'm wrong. That was a, a humble pie. That was, that was easier to eat than some other slices in my life but (laughs) you know I'm so happy that um because people you hear marriage advice all the time and all these things of like oh you know it's gonna be easy now but just you wait and and it's all true and I'm like Peter is such a good good man and I'm so glad I waited for him and that he waited for me I'd rather you know have and then like man single life is also great. <laughs> I, I do miss my own bed and my own room. <laughs> own schedule. <laughs> no, that's real, right? I mean, yeah. that's a huge adjustment. 
you know, the, the, the later you get married, the longer you've had kind of as a, as a single person and, and particularly as a single adult, I, I don't really count maybe those first 18 years as, as part of your single life because you're not totally on your own. But if you do live a long kind of period on your own, that adjustment to marriage oftentimes is more, is more difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what, what that transition was like, what, what has been particularly hard about moving from kind of single life to married life? What has been a hard adjustment? Some hard things would be, um, there's, I think this might be more of a case for women than men, but just your social units. Um, once you get married, you, your pattern of life is adjusted and, you know, it doesn't quite match your single pattern. And so then it doesn't match your friends who are single and their pattern of life. Um, and Peter and I are kind of in this middle spot with our peers where either our friends are single or our friends are married with three kids. And that's a totally different pattern of life than we're at. So we're just kind of like in this limbo of, you know, how do we build a, a good community and social life around people who have different bedtimes, <laughs> you know, and have different responsibilities in their life or, you know, like I'm, I'm pregnant. I can't go out it, or like going, going out to a winery is a little different for me nowadays. You know, like I still want to hang and, you know, enjoy company with water, but it, it is different, you know, with water. <laughs> Come Lord bless that water. <laughs> but otherwise, like there had because Peter and I were so established in certain other patterns of our life that matched up well, like marriage has been a breeze in that sense. Like, you know, we both know how to be adults and being adults together. But I I really do miss my sisters. Like, not blood I like I miss Amber too, but um uh, living with three or four other women the past five years, oh my gosh, I miss it. Like, I really, really do. It was so fun. And just the fact that, like, I love Peter. God bless Peter. Man of my life. But there are some things where I just come home from a hard day and my sisters know exactly what to say because women know women's hearts mm-hmm. and... And it's a, it's a different response from Peter still good, but there's a part of me that just like longs for another woman to, to tend to me sometimes. It's beautiful. I mean, thanks for being so honest about kind of what that, what that transition has looked like. As you look back, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, apart from this season right now, cause I'm guessing this is a pretty rich season in your life, early marriage, pregnancy you love being pregnant that's beautiful um looking back though uh over the previous kind of 10 years maybe even earlier that even your whole life up to this point what what has been the season of your life that you found and experienced the most joy I don't know if this is kind of what you were anticipating but finding out that I got pregnant was a huge moment of joy um And the reason that was super joyful is because there is legitimate um, concern in my life for my fertility to being able to getting pregnant. Um, 
that was even brought into dating and engagement of, hey, I want to be upfront with you. I don't know if this is a possibility. Like, I want you to enter into this marriage freely. And, you know, because wow. that was really, really hard. And fertility, at least in my experience, was so connected to identity. Like, you didn't, you don't even realize how connected it is until it's vulnerable. And, um, and we did, we did miscarry. So, um, finding out that I could get pregnant again was just like such a gift. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Peter and I are in a, in a good place, um, with that experience, but just the joy of even that first child, you know. It was very beautiful. It was also like a very humbling gift from the Lord that he would trust us with that. that He would, you know, because he knew. Sorry. Yeah. That's, um, thank you for trusting us with uh, that, the news around the miscarriage. I didn't know that that had happened. And um, that, that must have been, a really difficult moment considering, you know, the, the circumstances around questions around, around fertility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, and this kind of like looping things together, Peter's response and support in those moments. Um, Cause and the other thing is like, I don't know if this is TMI, but with miscarriage, it's not like, Oh, you know, and it's gone. Like they're at, like for me, I was carrying our baby for a couple of weeks, knowing that um, that the baby wasn't gonna make it or or was no longer living, and um, the standards that I had set and held fast to, you know, for those ten years prior, it was in that moment where I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful for what the Lord helped me persevere in so that like experiencing that moment with anything less. Oh, can't imagine it. Like the, so 10 years of being single for that, the support in that moment, (laughs) you know, I, I pray that no one ever has to experience that, but you know, you are not immune to suffering and tragedy in your life. And actually I have a cousin who also experienced fertility issues, hence, you know, the legitimate concern over it. Um, And she was such, she's a lovely woman of God. She, um, so funny, she wrote a blog called Fallopian Failure. (laughs) Um, So she, she really, like, did a great job of sharing her journey. And through that, through witnessing my cousin's experience of it, with her husband and with fostering and adoption, I learned that it's really easy to find people to celebrate good times with you. And that's what you're thinking of when dating is, oh, like the wedding is going to be awesome and all these beautiful moments. But actually when it comes to marriage, I wanted to find someone who I could weep with and who I could suffer with. That was my standard. And part of that was set from my cousin's experience. And it's, and I'm so glad that, that was my, that was my, you know, strategy. I don't know. <laughs> so. Kept those standards high. Yeah. Wow. That's an incredible 
that's an incredible fruit to see how what what you kind of set your heart on and trusted the Lord in that, and even in some ways anticipated that suffering, um, and and to be so honest with you know those guys that you know as you were approaching dating and marriage and not mm-hmm. not sort of holding back on that and knowing that almost almost knowing maybe with even without saying that you would you would need someone who would be able to walk with you in that way. That's a really incredible. I don't think that's a perspective that many that many people have going into marriage and I just find that really healthy and true my own experience uh, my own experience with my wife and I of of infertility and it it wasn't ever resolved, you know. And uh, foster care and adoption and all of that and that is its own set of 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 joy and challenges but man it matters that person you link your life up with because stuff's going to happen no matter what it, it, it happens for all of us. We live in a fallen world and, and uh, you anticipated that so well, that is beautiful. Yeah. What a powerful story, Lenore. Yeah. And oddly enough, you know, I mentioned earlier kind of this hesitation of, Oh, I'm not naturally drawn to babies. You know, then that kind of spiraled into a fear of, do I even, do I desire children? Will I be a good mother? And sure. You know, that kind of thing happened. And what's so ironic is with the miscarriage, there's such instinctual care. And, like, I've never weeped or mourned so hard in my life. Um, and we, we miscarried around eight weeks. And so that was just, a like, a confirmation for me that motherhood is instinctual and love is not manufactured you know, like you cannot. So if there's anyone out there who's like worried that they don't like kids and won't want them, I will just say like there's there's an instinct beyond beyond comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I I'm a mother of two, Thank so you. I have children. So I think that's I I enjoy. Like, okay, maybe, you know, like I've got <laughs> peers with three kids and I have two, you know, there none you of go. them are <laughs> outside the womb, but whatever, you know. That's so. beautiful. Well, what an incredible witness, Lenore. Thank you so much for joining us on the couch and, and sharing so honestly and, mm-hmm. and humbly about what your experience has been. And it's a powerful, powerful witness. Thanks Thank so you. much. Yeah. And where can we find all my life? Emma, where are we at? We are video on YouTube. What's up? Uh, or you can just listen on Spotify, Apple, or oh, Overcast. 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 Apple Podcast. <laughs> all the podcast yeah. places. Give yeah. us, give us uh, five-star ratings. That's what we need. Thumbs we need up. a five-star rating. Subscribe. We need a written review. Subscribe to this sucker. Let us know you're listening. Yeah. It's fun. We need to hear. Like, what's going on? Love yeah. to hear from you. Catch you guys next time. Thanks so much, Lenore. Thanks, Ian.